Thanks for tuning into the Texas Family Law Podcast, where we provide you tips and insight to help you navigate divorce and child custody situations. This is Brian Walters. And I'm Jake Gilbreth. We are the managing partners at Walters Gilbreth PLLC with offices in Houston, Austin, and Dallas. And we're both board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. Your hosts are broadcasting from the Lone Star State of Texas, where both have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates, both inside and outside the courtroom. Hello, everybody. It's Brian and Jake. We're back for another podcast. And this time we're going to talk about what clients can expect and, and what they can do to help make their consultations or their meetings with their with us go well. So what's the first thing that comes to mind, Jake, when you're, you're going to consult with somebody about a case? What's the most important thing that you'd like them to, to have or have available? Yeah, I think if there's any pleadings or anything. So first of all, I do want I, my clients, I want them coming with an open attitude. There's not some agenda that we have to go through. There's every single consultation is different. Some people come in, they just want to, I think we talked about this last podcast, make sure that I match the persona online and they're ready to get going. And some people want a more in-depth consultation. I did one a few weeks ago where the client wanted to know my personal background and how I got into this, which I'm all about talking about that type of stuff. Some people aren't interested, but it's really up to the client of how the consultation goes. Let's hit some high points. It's just stuff that we would recommend and we like getting asked in consultations. So as far as bringing documents, I do think it's helpful, but there's pleadings and stuff that have been filed. We often ask the clients to send that to us ahead of time. Sometimes we can pull it ourselves. If you have a, a name that's, or if I have your cause number, we'll ask your cause number a lot of times. If you're going through a divorce or a modification, as part of the setting you up with one of our lawyers, we'll ask for the cause number. And a lot of times we'll have pulled pull the document ourselves. That's not always, that's not always possible given the county. Some counties don't have online access, but Anything that's been filed in your divorce, any type of paperwork that's been exchanged that you've already gotten the process going, we want that. And it's helpful too. It's certainly not required. Some clients though like giving us a little spreadsheet that they've done or notes that they've taken, stuff like that. Anything that a client wants us to review or consultate before a consultation, we'll certainly look at it. You're not going to show up at the, if you send us something, you're not going to show up on your Zoom consultation. And one, you're not going to show up and having us not reviewed what you've sent us. We'll always have reviewed it. And then, but you're also not going to get a thing from us that says, I reviewed this uh, from you and I'm going to, I'm going to charge you extra money because I reviewed documents before your consultation. I've seen some law firms do that. You're certainly not going to get that from us. So you really can't send too much before the consultation. There's a certain amount of time that we would have to go over everything, but we do want people to, to feel open about sending those types of things, although certainly not required. Some people just want to start talking without the lawyer reviewing documents. But that's how I do it. What about you, Brian? I agree. I think you, you touched on a very first sentence, which is that it's you know an open mind. It doesn't really help a client, potential client, to come in and have an agenda to convince us that they're in the right, the other side's wrong, and we should think they're great guys or, or ladies. It, that, that isn't our job. Our job is to give legal advice and to shepherd a person through this legal system to the best outcome that we can get for them. And we really can't do that unless you're you're honest with us. We're, we have 
plenty of clients who have made mistakes in their lives or done things that, that they regret or weren't so smart, but we still treat them the same way. We're not a friend, we're lawyers and we're attorneys and counselors at law. That's what we do. And not, exp you know, not telling us about some important incident that maybe you're not real proud of or not telling us kind of both sides of the story. I think that's not helpful. But you and I have been doing this enough that we can read through the between the lines a lot of times to figure that out. And, and sometimes I'll ask questions like, what would your spouse say is the biggest problem? Or what would your spouse describe, you know, some particular key incident or some issue? How would the other side explain that in the courtroom to try to get a, a somebody that's consulting with us to give the other side of the story of what we're going to hear so that we can try to give better advice. That's, we can only give advice based on the information we have. So that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. And as far as a document goes, I, I love timelines. They don't even have to be anything real specific. And it, a lot of times I'll just start writing one down as we're talking. But if someone's got one ahead of time, when were you married? When were your kids born? When did such and such event in your divorce happen? When did you guys move to you know, Austin from Chicago or whatever the case is? it's helpful to have those things and to have a sense of it. And that's particularly true if there's an ongoing case or this is a modification because those are deadlines and there's procedures and rules based on, on those things. So that's, those are the two things that I find most helpful for folks. What, what about you? What yeah. else comes to mind? I, I think that's right. You know, uh, just to sort of pick up on the honesty deals, every once in a while you get that sense talking to a potential client, either on the phone or on Zoom or in person, we can tell that they're embarrassed or ashamed about bringing up certain parts or and that's on both sides. You could have where you've done the the bad act or something that you're embarrassed or ashamed of and you don't want to talk about it. Or your spouse has been treated, behaved horribly, and you don't want to talk about it because you're embarrassed because, you know, that you put up with it. It's just, it, it's really important to be open with the lawyer. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes you start being open with your lawyer in the initial consultation. It's down the relationship that we start to open up about this stuff. But I don't think we can emphasize enough that you, you don't have anything to be embarrassed about. You don't have anything to be ashamed about. Marriages are difficult and every single one faces problems. They all face different problems. I've been through a divorce. I'm not proud of everything I did in my prior marriage. I'm not proud of everything I've done in my current marriage. I'm sure there's plenty of things that, that you know, that I'm not perfect. So we want people talking about that because if you don't give us all the information, then you're going to get faulty advice because we're not going to be able to analyze things without knowing the full story. Back to as far as you're coming to the consultation I do think it's helpful for clients. And again, this is something that's not required, but I encourage it. Do your research before coming in and talking to the lawyer. Some of that's do your research on the legal issues that you think that you may have. I love it when a client comes to me in a consultation, I start talking to them about this is what conservatorship for kids mean. This is what possession access means. And you know, this is how child sports calculated, which I'll do that all day long in the consultation. I'm fine. But they, it's really great too. And clients show up and go, oh, I know I, I did the research online. I looked at your website. I've listened to y'all's podcast. I have some questions about it, but I, I gave myself this baseline knowledge. Clients can save themselves time and money by doing that. Again, it's like our job to guide it's just through these issues, but coming to the consultation, having done some background, again, totally not required, but, but that can be, that can be helpful if you come with specific questions, I've had clients that come that send beforehand, send bullet point questions and stuff. And again, that's something that's helpful, but again, it's not required. I get people jump on the consult sometimes and 
they haven't sent me anything before. They, I'm just saying, hey, I, you know, I know nothing about you. What's your name and what's going on? And, and I'm totally fine with that too. But I want people to feel open and not like I'm going to be offended or, or anything if they show up and say, I, I know this stuff already or I've got a background. Just tell me, you know, here's my specific questions. Uh, again, it's just, it's an open forum, however they want to do it. But don't feel embarrassed or hesitant to go about it that way at all. Right. So, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that typically, unless you come in and, and just go to the automated system online and make it make a, an appointment, even then we ask for some basic information. But typically you will have talked to one of our staff who will have gotten a lot of this information out before we get there. And so it's not usually going to be just a cold meeting. We'll have some background. So, so I think it's important. So let's talk about if you haven't quite made that decision to hire, or even if you have, but you still want to verify that you made the right decision. What are some types of things that clients can ask you, Brian, about how you approach communication, how you handle things, your experience? Again, it's interesting that some people don't want to ask these questions. They feel like they're going to offend the lawyer if they ask about your experience or your background or anything like that. And maybe that's because some lawyers actually get offended by that if you ask some questions. But what are the types of things that you like to get grilled on in your consultations? Yeah. Have you worked with this other lawyer? And what is the, if there's another lawyer on the other side, what's the, what's the reputation of the other lawyer is a common question. How do you, will you be working on the case or will some of your staff or other attorneys be working on it? What the other common, how much is it going to cost? How long is this going to last? Those are the common type of questions. And we try to put as much of that on the website as possible so that people, like you said, can do their homework and easily and figure that out. And some of it's the basic stuff. How long have you been a lawyer? Are you board certified? But we also, I think we're the only ones that, that really go into detail about our billing and about expectations, about communication. And then once someone does sign up, we, we have an automated system of emails that we send out kind of one a day or so that are, here's what this first phase is going to look like. Or here's a link to a document where you can give us a bunch of information and documents to to try to keep the communication going and make this as easy as possible. Cause it's, these things are hard to be in one of these cases on top of all the other things going on in your life, right? Day-to-day jobs, kids, everything else. And then to have a very stressful emotional situation. The last thing you need is more stress from your lawyer to make this even more difficult to try to do it. Yeah. Uh, to make it easy. I think that's right. I have people ask me all the time, you know, there's some litigation questions they ask. How many lawsuits have you tried? If it's a jury case, how many jury trials have you called, tried? You know, if it's, again, opposing counsel, what's your experience with her or him? What's your experience with this court? Have you tried cases in front of this judge? These are all questions that I want to get asked because some lawyers, and if you're interviewing us and other law firms, these are questions that you should ask your lawyer or your potential lawyer. If it's, even if it's not us, you should ask, you go do a consultation with somebody else. Ask that lawyer, have you tried this case in front of this judge? You might be surprised at the answer. Have you dealt with this opposing counsel? Have you seen this issue before? I think you know, I think some, the reason why some lawyers get offended by the questions because they're not going to like the answers that come with. I think it, and I think it's also really fair to tell to grill really grill a lawyer, a potential lawyer on. Okay, so how are you going to communicate with me, and how are you going to bill me? And we talked about this last time, where it's just a smoke and mirror from lawyers about don't worry about the billing; you'll just get a bill from us, and it's going to be totally fair, and you're going to agree with it, and you're going to pay it, and it may come three months, and make him six months, and make him at the end of the case. But just don't worry about it. And yeah, I'm going to communicate with you. Don't worry about it. Well, I think it's fair to say, okay, specifically, how are you going to bill me? How many times are you going to send bills? What's the process for 
you know, payment. And if I don't pay, what happens? And what am I going to do if I have a question about the bill? How is this going to get paid for moving forward? Both sides want that discussion to happen. And then I think it's really fair to say, okay, so how are you going to communicate with me? And there should be a plan, I think, from the law firm of how you're going to communicate with the client and what fits for that client. It shouldn't be a vague, call me whenever you need me. That's not really a plan. I guess it's a plan for a disaster, but it's not really a plan to just say, don't worry about it or just call me when you need me. The the law firm should have a specific way of communicating with clients. And and that should be, frankly, the lawyers should get grilled on that in the consult. So uh, I'm never offended by almost being cross-examined by clients and and how we're going to handle things. Because I think it's a fair topic. What about you, Brian? What are your thoughts? I want to know that. You and I have both been clients of lawyers and have been, she's been on the other foot. It's normal. I, I wonder about somebody who didn't want to know that information. I would figure they're just afraid to ask me or or they're not thinking very far ahead, one of the two. It's something yeah. I often just bring up on my own because I think it's so important to be on the same page about those things. Yeah. So last thing, and this is a common question. We were going to talk in this podcast a little bit about free consultations. We talked about this some last time about pain. We had the 10-minute check-in. It's not a phone-in legal question, but we do do a 10-minute check-in that we don't charge for. But for a full consultation, we do charge for those either, you know, have a partner do it or an associate do it. And what are your thoughts? Lots of people call in before they schedule a consultation. They want to know about free consultations and why don't we offer those and what our experience with those. So what's your thoughts when somebody says, okay, Brian, why are you charging me for a consultation to see if I'm going to pay you money to represent me? Why do you charge for the consult? And why, and what makes you different? And why should I go with one of these lawyers? Because uh, if I Google Houston divorce lawyer, Austin divorce lawyer, Dallas divorce lawyer, I'm going to get a bunch of things that flashing lights that say free consultation with this divorce lawyer. Why don't I go hire somebody like that? Hold the saying in the book, you get what you pay for. If you, there, there's several red flags if you're, if a lawyer's not charging for a consultation. And again, we have this 10 minute kind of check-in because we know there are situations where you don't need a full on paid consultation. There are not a lot, but there are those situations and our staff will try to sort through that. The other work you and I are doing is generally during the day is billable and our bill of our hourly rate is higher than a consultation fee. So if I'm sitting in a, I could be in my office doing work for existing clients or I could be in a consultation and it's only fair that, that my time is is compensated for first of all. And, and secondly, I'll pay much closer attention. That's just human nature. If I know someone's got the, it's got taken the time to to pay and come and see us or, or do a Zoom or whatever we're going to do for a consultation. My experience with lawyers who do not charge for consultations is that that's because there's not much demand for their services and they have a lot of free time on their hands and that's a bad sign. Those are lawyers generally that are not very good at what they do or else there would be plenty of people clamoring to pay them for their time. So we take it seriously. Those consultations are very important. Um, we block the time. We do not rush people. And um, you're going to get what you uh, pay for. And I think uh, maybe not everybody, but it seems like everybody who's ever been to one with you or I is is satisfied with it. And yeah. um, it's glad they did it. And, and it's a two-way street. We don't take every case that comes in the door. It's important that we be a match on some level with our clients. And that's the best situation you can be in. And I think, you, I think that's right. I think you should get real advice in a consultation. It's really rare that you and I don't get hired at the end of a consultation, but 
Sometimes it happens. And sometimes somebody's just looking for a second opinion from what they're being told from their lawyer. But you should be you should be getting legal advice. You should be getting specific advice. I think a lot of times with the free consultation, it's you're coming in for the sales pitch. I just I'm not really interested in what's going on with your case and giving you advice moving forward. I'm interested in pitching you to come hire me. And so I'm going to do a hard sale at the end of this. This is the free consultation. You should walk out as the client as a benefit. You know, going back to what the client should do, come into a consultation, you should demand legal advice from the lawyer. What do you think about this situation? What do you think the next steps are? What does this look like procedurally? You're paying for it. You should get something more than, we talked about this last time, the lawyer just coming in and saying, let me spend the next hour telling you how amazing I am and all my fancy plaques on the wall. We've got the fancy plaques. I'm board certified. Brian, you and I both went to UT Law, one of the top law schools in the nation. I can talk about that all day long. I don't think you want to pay me to hear me talk about my credentials. I think you want to pay me to hear about specific advice about your case and your situation. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's the benefit of it. I think the client needs to insist on it. We insist on providing that benefit or our paid consults. And, and that's something that as you know, a potential client, you should come in expecting from us or expecting from whomever you're talking to. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So I think that All kind right. of wraps it up as from, we talked about the lawyer's perspective last time, our perspective last time, a lot of the stuff's on our website. A lot of the stuff is available if you call into our office, but hopefully that gets a big overview of what the consultation looks like and takes a lot of the unknown out of it. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, we'll wrap it up then and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, take care. Bye.